Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila. And today we are recording episode number 32, this week's Cubs podcast, and I'm so excited. It's been a while since our last Cubs podcast, so I'm happy to be back and happy to get things started because there's a lot to discuss. I mean, the last time we talked about the Cubs was probably last month, and a lot has changed if you are a Cubs fan. You definitely know that. So we're going to get into a lot of things. We're going to talk about the Giants series. We're going to hit on Cody Bellinger, um, how that there has been absolutely no hitting. Um, how does where we are in the standings right now affect the trade deadline? It's time to thir- turn things around. We're going to talk about the bullpen, and then we're going to end off with a Pirates and Orioles preview. So that's what we're going to go through today. Um, This is all of the stats for today's episode are prior to the Tuesday, June 13th game and Wednesday, June 14th game. I'm recording this on Wednesday, but during the day, game hasn't been played yet. I researched before yesterday's game as well. So, because we won yesterday, the Cubs won yesterday 11-3 to against the Pirates. The stats went crazy and our run differential just skyrocketed. So that is not into account into any of these factors of what I'm saying right now. Just because that one game can really throw off a lot of things. But it hasn't been, that game is, does not resemble how the Cubs have been playing for the past month or so. So... Just wanted to preface that because I know right now on paper we may look good, but that's really not the truth, you guys know. So let's start off by doing a Giants recap. So we did win the series 2-1, to one, which was really good. We lost that series with the Angels, which was unfortunate, so it was nice to turn things around. Um, that was a long West Coast trip. Uh, for Cubs fans, it was not fun probably staying up um, super late during the week to watch these guys play, but... It was also tough in the fact that we didn't win a lot of games. Um, We know that Padres, even though they may not be as good as everyone hoped they would be or not, you know, living up to the standard, they're still a good ball club. And then the Angels, unfortunately, we just couldn't carry out um, in those games. And then that Giants series kind of took a lot of us, but hey, we ended up winning it. It's all right. So we won game one, three to two, Stroman on the mound, dominating per usual because that's what he does. He currently sits at a 2.42 ERA. Super good. He was the National League Player of the Month or Week, I want to say, um, recently. So congrats to him on that. Um, but yeah, that first game, he pitched 6.2 innings, six hits, three earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts. It's what the guy does. Yeah, honestly, really good pitching. Again, Stroman has been, if not the most reliable pitcher on our team currently. So it's really nice to know that when he gets on the mound, things are going to be okay. So that worked out in our favor. Um, we were trailing for a majority of the game, but we came back in the seventh to co- score a couple of runs and ultimately take the lead. Runs were driven in by Nico Horner and Tucker Barnhart. Um, you know, typical Nico Horner. He hits. That's what he does. But it was nice to see Tucker Barnhart get a few RBIs there. It was a three-hit game for Suzuki. Very well needed. He's been slumping a little, but it's okay. Three-hit game. Nice. Two hits for Nico Horner. Two of those RBIs. And Adbert Alzali ultimately closed out the game, and he's honestly has been the most dominant pitcher coming out of the bullpen out of all the guys. So that was a really good game. Nice comeback. Um, Couple of guys 
went overs, but hey, at the end of the day, we won the game. Um, next game two, we also won four to zero, and that was such a good game to watch. It was on Fox, and it was nice to, for us to win a game nationally televised because it's been a while since we've done that. So Kyle Hendricks on the mound back and Kyle Hendricks you are back no hitter through eight and three quarters it was such a good pitched game ultimately the no hit bid ended with Mitch Hanniger hitting a double with two outs it was an 89 mile per hour fastball thrown at him what are you gonna do about it it was it was yeah upsetting because he was so close especially getting through most of that eight inning but at the end of the day that was the only hit he let up and the only hit let up by the Cubs in general. So really nice stuff by him. Three, Only three strikeouts, one walk. He threw 94 pitches, but that's just the kind of guy Kyle Hendricks is. He's not going to get the strikeouts. He's not a hard hit, like throwing pitcher at all, but he is consistent and he does get a lot of ground balls. So the defense, our defense, especially, you know, with Dansby and Nico up the middle, definitely helps in those situations. But yeah, through 94 pitches, mostly sinkers, only 39 were in the zone. Um, and yeah, he just didn't throw a pitch over 90 miles per hour. And that's the type of guy he is. Like I said, he doesn't throw hard, um, but he gets those outs and his pitches ranged from 72.3 miles per hour to 89.4 miles per hour. So that's typically the range that he's always been in. And I think Kyle Hendricks being in the league for a long time and being in this organization for a long time, that's the Kyle Hendricks that we know and love to see. He's different than most pitchers. He still kind of has that old school vibe because he's not throwing over 90, 95 like a lot of the guys are doing now, but he still is dominant and he still um, gets the outs. So at the end of the day, that's what matters. Only eight hard hit balls from him. His fastball averages at 87.7 miles per hour, what we love to see from him. Uh, let's talk about the hitting in that game. Christopher Morrell with three RBIs had himself a game. He did hit a home run and had two hits. He did not strike out at all, which was nice to see. We know that Christopher Morrell is a guy at really hit or miss sometimes. He can rack up those strikeouts, but we've been seeing a lot less of that recently this year, so that's pretty good to see. Matt Mervis with a home run. It was really cool to see him hit a home run in the Bay, which is obviously super hard to do. So for him to hit a home run to right field right near the water, had to be one of the coolest moments for him for sure um so yeah so that wrapped up game two it was a really nice game that was nationally televised and a lot of people got to see it and a lot of people got to look at Kyle Hendricks and get that old sense of baseball back so that was a really good game pitched and hitting it was pretty good you know we did win but again you would like to see some of those guys Hap Swanson rack up those hits and kind of get started on a groove but ultimately we won game two so we won the series game three we did lose by quite a large margin we lost game three three to 13 so by 10 runs Brandon Crawford did pitch and I want to say the bottom of the or the top of the ninth inning so uh that was not a really good game from us Wesneski was on the mound and he was bounced around early. He does have a 5.33 ERA on the season so far. He is one of those guys that just hasn't been consistent. It's really hit or miss for him. He only pitched three innings. He had four hits, five earned runs, two home runs, both by Jock Peterson, who absolutely destroyed him, and four strikeouts. So again, not a good pitching game at all from him. 
and neither from the bullpen because it just did not stop there. The Cubs bullpen just could not keep it together. They gave up 11 hits, two of those home runs, and only pitched through two strikeouts. So not good at all. We only score three runs and just a really bad pitching game in general. Obviously, when your starter gets bounced around early, you obviously have to rely on that bullpen because that's the the reason that they're there, right? To limit the runs and they just did the opposite and could not hold it. So unfortunately, that game just did not go our way. And we did go through a lot of pitchers because the next day we had an off day. We were flying back to Chicago. So David Ross was utilizing most of those pitchers in the bullpen and none of them could really pull it out. And, you know, unfortunately, it did lead to some roster moves that I'll talk about later in this episode, but that's just the way it had to go. And yeah, just really a not good game three. And it's been tough for us trying to get sweeps lately. I think really the only sweep that we've had has been against the A's and that was earlier in the season. I want to say that was like in April. Um, But yeah, so just couldn't close it out. We did ultimately win the series, but again, just a really bad pitched game for that game three. A little recap on the series, kind of just going all over the place. Ian Happ only went one for 11 on the series, 11 at bats, only one hit, uh, along with Dansby Swanson, who went one for 12. So both of those guys have been slumping recently, kind of haven't have been stuck and they haven't been hitting. Uh, The Cubs had a total of 19 hits in the whole series while the Giants had 23. So yes, we did win, but the Giants did out hit us and there were a total of 21 players left on base for all those three games. So definitely some low and high numbers that we do not like to see. Uh, But yeah, I think when you come off of a series win, obviously it does feel good, but at the same time you look at the bigger picture and you're like, all right, well, two of our quote-unquote star guys haven't been hitting, slumping. Suzuki had that really good game the first day and just hasn't continued from there. So when you look at that, and when you look at it in that perspective, it's kind of like, great, so we won, but you know, for what? Because the stats show that we didn't do very well. So unfortunately, although we did win the series, I think hitting wise it just has not been there and that's kind of what we're going to get into later on in the episode but that's really the whole recap on the Giants series like I said ultimately came out with a win but there were some losses there so that's really what I to talk about there let's move on to our next topic and talk about Cody Bellinger who has been on the IL with a bone bruise on his knee since May 16th, so he's missed about a month, and it's definitely been hard. His current replacement right now has been Mike Talkman, uh, who's been in the outfield, or sometimes Christopher Morrell would be in the outfield, and then Ian will DH, but Mike Talkman has been pretty good as of lately. He was batting 259, spectacular in the outfield, uh, 699 OPS, has made a few good defensive plays. He made a really good play in San Francisco, um, and that's really what he's known for. He's played on many teams before, um, but his stellar defense stays with him wherever he goes, and yeah, I think he's just been really good in the outfield, has provided a pretty good bat as well, so uh, definitely not upset or kind of really mourning 
the loss of Cody Bellinger in terms of him being on the IL. Yes, it would be definitely nice to have him back, but Mike Talkman has not been bad at all. Uh, Cody Bellinger did start his rehab assignment in Iowa on Tuesday night. He played first base and made three plate appearances. Um, and then they also played today and he made four plate appearances and got one hit. So not bad from him. Really, there is no return date set for him on when he's going to be back, like just at least traveling with the big uh, league club. So we're hopeful for Friday, but at the end of the day, you don't really know. Um, like I said, there is no timeline, but it would definitely be nice to have him back for sure, um, especially going and trying to finish out this first half of the season. Um, he left batting 271. He had an 830 OPS, seven home runs, 20 RBIs, and only 31 strikeouts. So he was having a really good comeback season and really branched out. And I think a lot of people were super surprised to see all that he's done so far. Um, and yeah, especially with that strikeout rate, cutting that down was it was definitely an issue uh, in years prior. We know that Cody Bellinger has struggled, but I've also touched on this in many episodes that he's a new guy, and this is exactly why he came to Chicago was to have a new environment um, and kind of just break out of whatever happened in the past, and that's what he has been doing. Unfortunately, because he made such an amazing catch, he had to pay the consequence of being on the IL, but hey, he hopefully he does come back in play like the way that he left so hopeful for that but it's good that he's getting a few reps in um, making that rehab assignment and it's going to be interesting when he comes back to see the layout of things just because Mike Talkman has been he hasn't been you know super amazing but he's been pretty good and pretty average and decent so my theory is that when Bellinger comes back, I think he's going to play a few games at first base just to alleviate that pressure and weight off of his knee for now so it's not, you know, as rigorous for him as being in the outfield. And then they're just going to keep Talkman in the outfield, in center field, or right field or wherever he is needed. So that could be a potential case just because we know that Cody Bellinger could play first base. Obviously, he's not... Um, the best, but at the end of the day, he, he could still play there, and it's definitely not as uh, dangerous as if they would put him straight away into the outfield, so you still get, you know, a pretty good defender at first base, and you still get his bat, but you also get a really good defender in the outfield, and then keep his bat in there as well, so I think that's kind of a win-win situation, at least for the time being, and I think that's what the Cubs might do in that situation, but we'll see coming up in the next few days. i they do think that um, Cody Bellinger will return soon, so it'll just be exciting and hopefully things can start get going because I do think that the Cubs need his bat right now. So that's how we're going to transition into our next topic of talking about how there has been absolutely no hitting uh, at like for this team at all. All right. So all of these stats are as of June 13th before Tuesday's game. Over the last seven days, the Cubs are last in batting average, batting 176. Last. Okay. They're second to last in on base percentage with 261. They're last in slugging, 267, and last in OPS, 528. So they're currently in last place in every single hitting category per se, except for their on-base percentage. 
and that kind of contributes to the walk so it's it's still bad so that is definitely not what you like to see at all give or take we have lost most of those games in the last seven days we were on that losing streak for about four or five games so that definitely does not help um and yeah those are stats that you don't want to see especially when you have heavy bats you have ian happ you have say suzuki dansby swanson nico horner um patrick wisdom whose slug rate is supposed to be super high uh trey mancini tucker barnhart again a guy who hits for power so unfortunately that just has not been translating as of lately and that's just been such an issue and has caused a lot of problems swanson happ suzuki and wisdom all have to get hot emphasis on Patrick Wisdom. (laughs) Um, Dansby Swanson only has two hits in his last seven games, and he's a guy who plays every day. He's batting .083. .083. The defense has been amazing, and there are no complaints over there, but he's a guy that we would like to see get going because we know what Dansby Swanson can do, and we've seen what he's done in the past. So this is a little bit odd, and I don't really like it, So if he could just get going, that's exactly what we need. Patrick Wisdom has two hits in his last seven as well. He's batting .091. That's his batting average, and he has 14 strikeouts. He's a guy that we've seen hit monstrous home runs. He's a guy that we've seen hit home run after home run in three games in a row, four games in a row. We've seen it happen. But he's also a guy that we see strike out so many times, consistent strikeouts, game after game, go over. And that and that's really the type of player that he's been as of lately, and it's just not looking good right now. The Cubs lead Major League Baseball in foul balls. So what does that mean? The timing is late. So let's work on it. Let's get a few hitting drills in. I know that guys take BP every day before games or on off days or do stuff on their own, but let's practice that because obviously somebody has to be looking at this foul ball category and see that they lead the league, you know, and that's, you shouldn't be looking at it and be like, all right, well, at least there's contact. You're staying alive. You're putting up a really good at bat. That also means that the timing is late. If the ball pops up behind you in foul territory, that most likely means that you were late to the pitch. So, this is the stuff that we have to get together, and we just, we gotta control. Because it's not good to be last in almost every hitting stat, and it's definitely not good to lead the league in a stat which could be easily taken care of. So... That's what I got to say about that. We're third in walks. We got guys who draw the walks, Ian Happ being one of them. Um, but yeah, I think I'm most most concerned about Patrick Wisdom just because he's not an everyday guy. He hasn't been playing every day recently. Um, but when he does get put in there, it's not really that great just because he's striking out. The slug rate is low this season, so it's it's not been looking good. Morel or Madrigal has been a replacement. Morel is the guy that we've seen kind of get going a little bit more than Nick Madrigal, but Nick Madrigal does have that stellar defense at third base as well. So that third whole third base situation has been something talked about in the offseason as well, before the season even started. And right now, it seems like it's still being worked out, which is unfortunate because you would like to on your third month of baseball, be set in that position. So that has to be worked out. This whole, you know, no hitting type of thing, I'm over it and I just need it to end because 
these guys got to get going because you cannot win baseball games if you don't score runs and in order to score runs you have to hit the baseball so that's really what we're looking at yes they haven't been home in a while you know over a week I want to say a week and a half so it's nice to be home and it's nice to be home for at least six days until you go back on the road but Take advantage of these six days that you're home and that you have the home field advantage. It's Wrigley. It's a great place to hit. Let's take advantage of it. So that's really what I want to talk about on the hitting side and kind of moving on on how that trickles down. We're going to talk about how does this affect the trade deadline. So the trade deadline comes up around the All-Star break. That's when it is. So I'm mid-July. I guess All-Star break is starts July 10th through the 13th um and that's where obviously we have the all-star game the home run derby but a lot of those negotiations between teams occur as we know the Chicago Cubs have sold at the deadline for the past three years I want to say and it's obviously not fun I do I'll I last year I did do a whole episode on the trade deadline how it works things like that so I'm not going to go into it in too much detail today and I'll probably do another one of those trade deadline episodes as we get closer because if you don't know the trade deadline is my Christmas it's my favorite time of the year um super exciting things happen last year it was a blast but um yeah so we'll talk about that later on as we kind of approach it but if you don't know the trade deadline is yeah, it's a deadline. If your team is not so good in a not so good position, you kind of you don't scrap the season, but you let go of some players, keep them off your payroll, and get some guys in return. Um, but you're not looking to compete. Now, if you're a team who is doing really good, you do the opposite and you get some guys um, from other teams in order to bulk up your team. So that's really how it works. But anyways, speaking towards the Cubs. With the Cubs currently being under 500, um, there has to be and there definitely is discussions of selling. Like that's definitely on the table just because of the place that this team is in the standings, their record and how everything looks, especially with, you know, the hitting stats. Um, Not a position the Cubs wanted to be in at all. I think if you would have asked Judd Hoyer at the beginning of the season, if he wanted to compete this season. Obviously, he's going to say yes, but I think there was a little bit more emphasis because they got Eric Cosmer on that one-year deal, because they got Cody Bellinger on the one-year deal, because they got Tucker Barnhart and Trey Mancini. Obviously, the long-term with Dansby Swanson, but those guys besides Swanson are on one-year deals. I think Mancini has a two-year. Um, so you get those guys because you want them for this season. Now, we did let go of Eric Cosmer, so automatically that puts into my head all right well this is not where we wanted to be was it because he was not performing or was it because we already have decided that all right we're not doing that great this season let's take off one guy it's not something you like to see at all so in this case you kind of see it in a fact all right it's already june 14th we have a couple of more series left of the first half 21 games i think if the Cubs don't flip it around and are at least playing 500 baseball by the, the Yankees series, which is on July 7th, 7th, 8th, 9th, which is the last series before um, the All-Star break, this team will most likely be selling. So that means they have to win 
probably most it would be really nice to see them win every single series have they have upcoming and is it attainable probably but realistically it probably won't be the case after Pittsburgh we go on to play Baltimore who's a red hot team right now we play Pittsburgh again and then have a series with the Cardinals um and then go on to play the Phillies, Guardians, the Brewers, and off with the Yankees. So we could win a couple of games there, but I think if I was in the Cubs front office, if they're not playing at least 500 baseball before the Yankees series starts, we have to sell because it just at that point doesn't make any sense. Now, if you're one or two games, maybe, you know, that confuses some things. But I do definitely think if you're playing five games under 500, all right, great. So see you next season, I guess. And that's really unfortunate because I think the Cubs obviously don't want to be in this position again. They don't like that the fans are in this position again. We don't like it, obviously, as fans. We don't like seeing these guys go and seeing us not be in another playoff game again for like what the fourth fifth time in a row so it hasn't been nice but at the end of the day it is what it is um and this could affect some long-term guys like Marcus Stroman Marcus Stroman has been unbelievable this year absolutely insane 2.42 ERA 1.04 whip all right he loves it here he wants to stay in Chicago he loves Chicago he is a great guy he has he brings the energy he motivates the players he's all around basically the perfect teammate all right and he's initiated negotiations he said to the cubs so he's initiated negotiations with the cubs he's made the first move he's put it out on the table that he wants to stay the cubs as the story goes haven't responded have showed no interest which is obviously concerning right that coming out now you know in june that he wants to stay, they're like, I don't really want to talk about it, okay, so now what, right, because that obviously puts some ideas into fans' minds that they're like, okay, well, they don't want to talk about it, Does now that means that we are probably going to sell at the deadline, or there may be some moves, which is unfortunate, because this is a guy that you want to keep on your team for as long as you can. Marcus Stroman has been an unbelievable pitcher for years, He's shown years of consistency, so why do you want to let him go? He could be good for next year. I know, and you don't have to tell me multiple times that our prospects are good, that the guys down in AAA and AA and single A are fantastic. I know that. I've seen the stats, but at the same time, a not-so-much veteran guy, a guy who's in the middle, has been spectacular for you in the games that he's played on this team so why let him go you know I'm not saying be buyers at the deadline but I'm saying keep the guys who play an important impact on this team right now so for me that's Marcus Stroman I think that could be Cody Bellinger as well and that's about it I see if you don't want to keep Mancini if you don't want to keep Tucker Barnhart I get it right because Miguel Amaya is up now because you have Jan Gomes but Bellinger has shown recent success and has shown growth. So he could, yes, be a really good trade piece at the deadline, but I also think that he could provide really good stuff 
for this team in the future. I think I can make a bigger case for Stroman because I do think that he should be on this team in the long run because he our pitching, starting pitching and our starting rotation is super good right now. So why mess with it? I don't think it should be messed with this upcoming deadline. That's just what I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, us playing under 500 and having a 29 and 37 record does put Jed in a position to sell again. And it's not something, you know, it's not a place where he likes to be in, but ultimately you got to make that decision. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see where we are closer to the deadline, um, closer to the all-star break and things like that. The second half looks relatively easy. Going through all of it, I think that we could win of the majority of those games. Yes, we play a few hard teams such as mm, the Braves, um, the Diamondbacks, the Blue Jays, if you want to throw them in there. But I do think that it's attainable. And if we bulk up the bullpen and, you know, for some miraculous reason, we are buyers at the deadline and we get a few bullpen guys, maybe this could be a really good team. But for that to be a good team, it needs to start to hit. That's where we start off. Because if we show no improvements in hitting, then we're not going to buy at the deadline. So we're going to need a miracle, but who's, who says no, okay? Who says we can't do it? So that's just where that stands at. Like I said, I'll get more into that closer to the deadline, just see where we are after this month fish finishes. So it'll be interesting to see. But that's what I got there, talking deadline stuff right now. Um, let's talk about how it's time to turn things around. So all of this is prior to Tuesday and Wednesday's game. Uh, we got to be hitting, obviously. I think that's been really the whole point of this entire episode. The pitching has to be better. Uh, the starting pitching is fantabulous. Stroman, Hendricks, Steele, Smiley have been really great. Wesneski, questionable at times. But for a majority, the starting pitching is looking really good. We got to be more aggressive in the zone. We got to start hitting balls in the zone, stop the chase, um, and just get better at that. Along with get better at timing with pitches, stop the foul balls, stuff like that. The younger guys, we got to get it going. I know it's hard once you get to the big league level because it's different. You know, this is not like AAA baseball at all. So Amaya and Mervis really got to get going. Um... Miguel Amaya only has eight hits in his 32 at-bats, one homer, five RBIs, batting 250. Matt Mervis has just not been doing good as of lately, batting 161, 14 hits and 87 at-bats, three home runs, 10 RBIs, but does have 32 strikeouts. So again, I get it. They're young. They're still developing, but this also goes with talking deadline talks. If you do want to be in that position to buy, you know, these guys also have to get going. This is a whole team effort at the end of the day. So it, it would be nice to see the younger guys kind of get into a rhythm and start breaking out. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for that section. Closing it off. Well, this is our second to last topic. Um, on the bullpen, it's been rough to say the least. Um, our bullpen has an ERA of 4.66. Six wins and 17 losses, the second most lost most losses in the league. Uh, Anthony Kay recently joined the bullpen because Estrada was sent down. Brandon Hughes goes on the IL. A bunch of those moves were made after the series 
or after the loss of the third game in San Francisco, just because a lot of those pitchers were used. Um, so comes with roster moves. Adbert Auslai has been the best reliever we have out of the bullpen. He has the best ERA of 210. Great. Um, and again, there will be no bulking of the bullpen if this team does not win games. Relievers have given up 119 runs this season so far. That's the eighth most in the league. So again, I always say bullpens shouldn't be a big priority unless your team is going, you know, to go far this season. And I don't think it should be much of a stressor because everybody's bullpen is bad unless you're like the New York Yankees. But for the most part, a majority of the bullpens aren't that great. But they aren't to the point where they have 17 losses on the season and only six, you know, that's more than half. So again, that really doesn't apply here to this team just because the bullpen shouldn't be this bad, you know. I get it if you're under average or if you are average, but to be like this is not good and it's not stuff that fans like to see. So again, that's really what I have on that. And if we're going to be better, it's obviously a team effort, but the bullpen has to get it together and hitting as well. There's not much you can do right now with the bullpen because you can't go and get players and really you don't want to call up anyone if they're not completely ready so the only matter of business right now is to work with what you got and that's having all-star players on your team and in your lineup and hopefully that they could produce runs so that's really what I'm getting at right now we've seen it before we've seen it in past games you don't need to rely so much on your bullpen if your starters are good and consistent which we have and you score runs which we really haven't so I think it could work out if we start scoring more runs, maybe that is the solution to all of the Cubs problems right now. But that's really that. Let's close off this episode really quick, giving a Pirates and Orioles preview. Okay, let's start off with the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're in the middle of that series. We're going to see them right after the Orioles again. So let's talk about that. So the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently first in the NL Central, 34 and 31. Not that much of a big, I guess, standing lead just because they're one and a half games above the Brewers and also only three games over 500. So again, not the biggest wowing statement, but they still are in first place. They have the most stolen bases in the National League, 70, so they are going to steal a lot. Uh, Jack Suwinski is probably their hottest hitter right now. He's batting 299 away and also has 10 home runs away as well. So definitely a guy to look out for. Brian Reynolds, we know him. We love him. He's just been around the league for a while. Uh, he's batting 322 away as well. So another guy who is hot and heavy away. The pitching, honestly, it's kind of mid. It's not the best, but it's, it's it's decent. The best starting pitcher, who is Mitch Keller, has an ERA of 341, so attainable. Um, the bullpen has a combined ERA of 4.02. So again, it's not the best, but it's still pretty decent. Uh, Ian Happ is a guy who has been really good against the Pirates, Pirates in his career. Uh, he's batting 317 and has an on-base percentage of .409, slugging 568. So yeah, good numbers. He had a home run yesterday, actually, so... I expect him to kind of break out and 
hopefully get back on a groove. I do expect a series win as well just because Wednesday's pitcher is making his MLB debut for the Pirates. So again, maybe we can kind of get some hits there. I do think it um, is attainable for us to win this series. So yeah, that's what I got out of the Pirates. Let's move on to a team who is red hot right now, who may be hard to play against. The Baltimore Orioles are the hottest team, arguably, in baseball right now. They're 42-24. and 24. They're second in the AL East. They're the second best team in baseball, and they're four games behind the race. Okay. Let's beware. Let's talk about some players that we have to be careful of. Let's be aware of Austin Hayes and Ryan Mountcastle. The good news for us is that Mountcastle just landed on the 10-day IL, so we do kind of catch a break there, but he's an amazing hitter. So kind of upset that we're missing out on that, but we catch a break. Austin Hayes batting 303, um, and this team just gets on base, especially away they get on base. Their team ERA is a 4.16. Tyler Wells, one of their starting pitchers, has MLB's best whip of a .85. So their starting pitching is pretty good. They recently just acquired Aaron Hicks. He's kind of having a resurgence, so he's a guy who's kind of going to break out. They're on a five-game winning streak right now. Gunnar Henderson, beware of him. He might just break out right now. Um, Relievers, nasty. Yenier Cano, 1.06 ERA. Felix Bautista, 1.16 ERA. Those guys are probably going to be all-stars amongst all of the other amazing Orioles players right now. So really for the Cubs, I mean, there's really nothing you can do but pitch well and get runs early on. You know you're probably not going to be able to score off of these relievers, so score early on and pitch well. And honestly, that's kind of good because that's one of the Cubs' strengths right now. So that's good that we have really nice pitchers. The only unfortunate thing is that Strowman probably won't be pitching in this series. So we're really going to have to rely on, I'm guessing, like Jameson, Tyone, Hendricks as well, maybe. So again, we're going to rely on those guys. Unfortunately, our best pitcher, Marcus Strowman, probably won't pitch. So that's going to be a big thing. But that's really what we got to be careful of. Honestly, I think it's going to be fun. Um... I'll be super excited if we win the series, and I hope we do, because like I said, in order for this team to get better, they have to win games, and in order not to sell at the deadline again, you're going to need to win games, and I do think we have the players to do it. The puzzle pieces just aren't matching up right now, but hopefully we can get it situated. The Pirates are a great team to kind of come back against, um, and then we get ready after those two series and then playing Pittsburgh again to go to London. So it's exciting, but we need to win games. That's really all I'm focused on right now. And the hitting has to be more consistent. So that's what I got for today's episode. My hit player of the, this week's episode, I guess I should say, is gonna have to be Christopher Merwell because he, I'm very proud of him. And I think that he's done just such a good job. He did really good in the Bay, um, getting those RBIs. He's been hitting, uh, home run as well so really nice stuff from him and I like what I'm seeing cutting down that strikeout right my miss player is gonna have to be Dansby Swanson and that's really unfortunate but I think that it's just he's struggling right now and I hate to see him slump and I I want him to break out and I want him to get on a really good streak and it's unfortunate because the times that we stayed at Wrigley for example last month when we started that series against the Mets and then we were here again with the Reds 
that was the time to get hot because you're home. Now, we do have kind of a longish home streak, so hopefully he can get on a roll, but that West Coast series just was not good for him. So hoping things came back on track, but those are my hit or miss players of this week's episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and you will probably hear from me on Monday for a baseball episode, and then the next Cubs episode won't come out until next Thursday, just before the London series. Super excited for that. We're going to talk about so many things. Thank you again for listening and you will hear from me soon. Bye.